Headphones on, let's do this. Hey, do you know of a, uh, a podcast I could listen to that has nerd and comic books and stuff? I really can't find one. I say, you ever heard of the Nerd Dumb Podcast? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nerd Dome Podcast, episode 245. I'm your podcaster without fear, Luke, and today I'm joined with this uncanny guy. Hello. And How are you? I'm, I'm great. Good. <laughs> You're so happy. <laughs> and then our other host. Classic Chris Hoffman. Look at look at you guys and look at us. Like <laughs> another... Just, just, another year in the can. Another <laughs> brand new year. Yeah, <laughs> new surviving, new fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, 2024 comes and, and my entire microphone setup just disintegrates in my hands. It's either like it's it old or I've gained superpowers. I can't, <laughs> I haven't decided yet. Uh, I haven't really tested my, I haven't done that Bruce Willis montage from Unbreakable where he's lifting heavy things in the garage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about, that's uh, a, a, it's not a good movie. Let me put it. <laughs> I got opinions on that show. I got a couple of stories about that one. Well, let's hear them. Uh, so, quick version: like it, when I was in my undergrad here, I went to the uh, Salt Lake Community College. Love the school. It's a great part of the higher education system here in in Utah. I was taking an undergrad in English course, and my teacher, who was from who had just moved from South Carolina, was uh, really surprised at how far behind all of us were. In English. So she was like going backwards through things where she was like, okay, do you guys recognize this punctuation? You know what I mean? Like it was really bad. We, I felt terrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but also understand I grew up here. So I was like, yeah, you help us please outsider. Um, so, but she was, uh, she had dated Gregory Wyden when she was in college. So Gregory Wyden, he is the uh, screenwriter who wrote the Highlander the the first one and i think he wrote the second one um and the uh prophecy the the movie with uh um christopher walken where he is the angel gabriel and oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the world right and uh backdraft the movie backdraft okay. about the firefighters mm-hmm. so and he won an oscar for that one for most original screenplay and so allegedly she said that the uh um that he stole the whole idea for Highlander from a college roommate. And that's why none of the sequels made any sort of sense is because he didn't know what they were trying to get at with the original story. So she was into screenwriting. So, and that was right when Unbreakable came out was when I was taking that class, which is a really old sentence. <laughs> and so I was telling her about how much I liked that movie. And she said, you know, I mean, she and she was really nice about it, but I mean, uh, she was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like that, 
you seem like the audience for it. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, I just like good cinema. And she's like, no, this is pandering to you. She's like, there's that whole scene in it where it is validating comic book nerds who have not seen themselves validated in any popular media, anything other than punching bags for years. And then in that movie and like spoiler alert for a 30 year old movie, right? Uh, the Samuel Jackson character who is the villain is the one who is making the point about that comic book art should be treated, you know, like, like high art should be in the Louvre mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff never dawned on me. You know what I mean? Where I was like, yeah, maybe the villains not, shouldn't be the guy I'm taking good points from. <laughs> and, uh, she, and, and she said that something that always stuck with me. And it's something that I, uh, when you have an argument about like whether a movie is good or not, it's subjective. Right. But I always think about it that she told me, she said, yeah, if there was a movie that came out where it was a quilt maker, who saved the world from certain disaster, like their quilt making skills come in really handy for stopping an alien invasion or uh, like a natural disaster or something like that. Every quilt maker in the world who saw that movie would be like, this is amazing. What a cool (laughs) action movie. And the characters were relatable and everything was great about this, you know? And she's like, yeah, that's just, that's just, they were pandering to you. It's not really that great of a movie and watching it again at, after that is kind of like, yeah, I do just kind of like the parts that are about me. (laughs) and so there's a lot of movies where i give that slack to where i'm like this isn't for me that doesn't mean it's bad Uh, all right well well i guess that that opens that opens the the door to what what is your favorite shlamalamalan movie my favorite m night Shyamalan movie uh, the one i oh man you were gonna say this he has one that i always forget that he had anything to do with (laughs) <laughs> oh, because I wouldn't have liked it if it if it was wasn't him. The th- I I really did like uh, like everybody else did. They they liked uh with the sixth sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh uh but I had that movie and I don't sit there trying to figure out what a movie is doing. You know what I mean? Like it's one of the only movies where I saw what was happening coming like a mm-hmm. mile away. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, obviously he's yeah, again, 30-year-old movie, spoiler alert, Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Uh, had that pegged, still enjoyed that movie quite a bit, and really impressed with the fact that he, uh, the momentum of the success of that movie like carried him through tens of terrible, terrible movies. <laughs> tens. <laughs> there's tens just there's so many more bad ones than there are good ones, I feel like. You feel different? Yeah, what's your favorite, Ryan? Um, it's probably Avatar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it that's probably Chase's, my boyfriend's. Um, it's for me, it's Devil. I really like that movie. Mm. Um, that's, that's the one the where Elevator Devil, right? Yeah, the elevator one where where this group of people stuck in an elevator and one of them is Satan. <laughs> And I, okay. I love that. And, and they don't know which one it is. They don't know who's causing all this crap, crazy stuff that's happening. I really liked that movie. Nice. Nice. Hey, he made it. Hey. He's here. Hey, I braved the storm and I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad you made it safely. Well, you, yes, only just. <laughs> you, can, you can jump right into our M. Night Shyamalan conversation. Um, so... I think I don't know. For me, it, it's kind of a tie. I in this one, I know it, it's it's the village, um, but that's because I really like Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm. Um, 
I liked so, that one a lot. So too. that one, but then I mean, I also really liked Signs. Signs is probably my second favorite. I know. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? I liked it. You guys are not kidding. I liked it. Right no. Now. <laughs> no, I, I liked it. Man. So I was in high school when it came out. A large group of us <laughs> went to the theater to see it. And I didn't really understand my fear of aliens that well at the time. Mm-hmm. And realized that I really actually had a fear of aliens. And um, so we're watching this movie. And I was sitting by one of my best friends who is not a physical contact guy. And as Luke can attest, when I get scared, I snuggle right up to whoever's next to me. (laughs) It's just a (laughs) reflex that I have. So I was like, like in, in my seat, leaned back, like leaning over on him. And he was doing everything, not even realizing it. He was doing everything he could to lean away from me. And throughout the, through the move, partway through the movie at some point, I, somebody gets my attention from over here and I am making the entire row lean and somebody at the end of the row got pissed at me <laughs> and like yelled at me. And then, so then I was like straightened back up and stuff. And I loved, I really loved that movie. And then we left the movie and my throat was sore because I screamed so much. <laughs> oh my God. Like you were on a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> what was the one that we watched Ryan that, Oh, the fourth kind, right? The one with Melia Jovovich. Maybe, that you, yeah. That you, got, watched- that, <laughs> that you got mad at me for making you watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the one with oh, what was the other one? Um, it was like the family, and it was like over Fourth of July, and they were. Uh, oh gosh, it's got. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm gonna look it up. But there's um, there's a new uh, alien invasion movie uh, came out last year. Since it's nine days into 2024, uh, called <laughs> No One Will Save You. Oh yeah, I watched that for Halloween. Okay, I was just gonna say if you haven't watched that, mm-hmm. it's it's not bad. And uh, just recently wa- rewatched or actually watched for the first time, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original. Mm, I love and that movie. Very good, classic. Yes, but and, and watching watching this one uh, with that context was made. I think no one will will save you better. Wow! Like the 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 idea of the aliens and what they were trying to do and stuff like that had like a you could see it was inspired. Uh, it's not a good ending. It's it's the movie it was ends the weirdest ending. <laughs> It ends like 10 times. You think it's over and it's not. And I swear it goes for another 20 minutes when you think it's over and when it should have been over. Um, it was it was Dark Skies with oh, Carrie Russell. Oh, I do remember that one. <laughs> have you guys ever seen the Eric Andre show, a New Year's Eve special, where he does like a, a, a ball countdown like four times over the course of the episode. <laughs> and he does three of them on the top of the show. It is hilarious. <laughs> I watched it at New Year's. It was fantastic. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I can't find it in here. There's this book. I'm showing it for the people who, who would see the video. It's called Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. Uh, rest his soul. The, the guy passed a while ago. It's a really good book on screenwriting. It's not perfect. Not the best book. It is a very good book. But he has like a <laughs> part of the chapter i can't find it in here where he argues why signs is the worst movie ever made (laughs) (laughs) 
and and so I will find it and I I will send it to you. But like, it, listen, yeah. I, I understand it is not a great movie. Okay, but good. Okay. I remember Ooh. I remember when I was um younger again, like high school. And that first, like, shaky cam footage of the alien at the kid's birthday party. Screamed. Screamed. <laughs> was such a good shot. <laughs> I've never seen Science. Oh. So what is your favorite Shamalam movie? I don't have one. <laughs> it should not shock you. Um, is it, uh, I like is it the, the I like the. It's the happening, uh, six, isn't it? No, six. Oh, so I I have not seen very many M Night Shyamalan movies. I've seen uh, Unbreakable. I've seen Six Sense, and I've seen Avatar. <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender with Ong mm-hmm. in it or whatever. Yeah, um, I think the I think that's all of the Shyamalan movies I've seen. Oh. Uh, by all accounts. Uh, great guy to work with comes in on time under budget. That's why he keeps making movies, you know? Uh, so, uh, I look forward to an opportunity to work with him in the future. (laughs) (laughs) I just remembered the other one, uh, lady in the water. Yeah. I didn't like that one. (laughs) Nope. Uh, I just remember the guy that worked out only half of his body. (laughs) That's what I remember from that, that. And again, I really like Bryce Dallas Howard and I know she's in it. So, Mm. But yep, I remember that. Yeah, mm, mm, not think, not great. I think we watched the visit together, didn't we, Luke? Too is that where they go visit the grandparents? Oh. And the grandma's weird and crazy and creeps around oh, the night yes. and naked. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep, with the adult diaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. That one was terrible. I think that was where I was fully out on Shyamalan movies. <laughs> I mean, the happening I remember was really bad too. I was like, it's grass. Cool. Cool. Neat. Um, all right. So I only have a couple uh, news stories and then we're going to talk some, uh, some CGC stuff, some, some spawnuary, and then some of our favorite fantasy movies. Um, so we'll start out with, uh, with the news stories. News. News. Uh, awesome. Uh, so we got an announcement, uh, that we're going to get a, the Mandalorian and Grogu movie. Uh, so this is per star Wars.com. It's been announced that the Mandalorian will be starring in, uh, his own Star Wars movie called The Mandalorian and Grogu. The film is set to pr- uh, begin production in 2024. The release date hasn't been set. The Mandalorian creator John Favreau is also on board to direct, and he'll be producing alongside Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni. So we're just going to get a very long, big budget <laughs> Mandalorian episode, and I have no problem with that. That's fine. Yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, might, don't. This would be yeah, terrible. I, I, I might like it better than uh, a full season of stuff because, you know, p- hopefully no padding. You mm, know what I yeah, mean? Cut out all the just other get, stuff. Just get straight to it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, one, yeah. One of, one of our uh, friends' kids it loves um, Grogu, Baby Yoda. Um, they are not Star Wars fans. They are not a Star Wars family. The kids haven't seen any of the any Star Wars stuff. But this kid loves Baby Yoda. 
And sounds like my mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> like, my mom loved Baby Yoda, and she didn't care about yeah. Star Wars that much. Yeah. Um, she gets all the stuff when I wear like Yoda stuff because I have a lot of Grogu stuff. Um, she gets all excited. It's something that she and I like kind of talk about. She's like, I don't know, maybe six or seven. But mm-hmm. um, her <laughs> the group chat of that friend group. Her mom texted today, just out of the blue. Baby Yoda's not actually a baby Yoda. <laughs> like stunned. And she's like, but my daughter's going to be so upset when she finds out. And, and or, or you're not, somebody said, your daughter's going to be so much upset when she finds out. And she's like, I'm never telling her. <laughs> that, that was- Wait, how is he not a baby Yoda? Well, he's not actually Yoda, Yoda. as a baby. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, people, we don't know that. We don't know yeah. that there isn't just one. And then as soon as he dies, or one is born. Like, like, like a uh, phoenix. <laughs> yeah, like a phoenix or like uh, the character from uh, The Authority, Jenny yeah. Quantum, yeah. right? Every hundred years. Yeah. yeah. See, there, there's your next commission art piece there, Ryan. <laughs> Yoda as the phoenix. Yeah, I like this idea. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm... I, Again, like you, you nailed it. Don't threaten me with a good time. I'm all about it. It's awesome. Um, another one, uh, again, not not surprising. We did get confirmation that uh, we are getting a season two of Ahsoka from Dave Filoni, which I, like I'm interested. <clears throat> excuse me to see what they're going to do with Balin. Um, yeah. Because I'm, it's a shame because he was, he was the, so one good. of the coolest. He was things so in good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's the Sith that I make in video games." Is Balin? <laughs> Chris, he represented Chris's fandom <laughs> in the where he's just like, "I like the idea of it." I like the, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. He wasn't the. Yeah, Andrew asked me what I do like about Star Wars because I've I've got I've grown so used to bitching about it. You know, it's like this old man in the end of a of a cave with long fingernails and hair, and I can only remember five or six things. And then uh, everybody, because everybody asks, "What don't you like about it?" Well, this is a problem. This is a problem. And then someone finally comes along and is like, "What do you like about it?" And it's like, "I have forgotten." Tears roll down my cheek. <laughs> Look at and you're like, "Was it Ewoks? Was I don't it? remember." Yeah, I was like, I, "I have no idea anymore." Oh man. Yeah, no, I, re- I re- you can't remember the feel of grass or the taste of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sun on my face. Yeah, there's just nothing. Looks like the wizard Shazam under the rock of eternity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that 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 guy is going to come out of the cave, shave off all of the gross nails and hair and stuff like that to go see the Grogu movie in the theaters, right? <laughs> like brave the theaters, put away his cynicism, and it's and. John Favreau is going to phone it in and it's going to be Lucy Van Pelt pulling the football <laughs> out for the last time. And I'm going to burn down the theater. <laughs> He's just going to go. I like your optimism. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's the, the way it's going to go. It just goes sprinting down the line, tipping everyone's popcorn. And no, no, yeah, you yeah. do not enjoy I, this. I'm, I'm picturing the siege of Helm's Deep getting ahead of ourselves. With the orc with the Olympic torch, Chris is running at the screen. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, that's funny. Local um, lunatic rem- remanded to custody, babbling something about Boba Fett. <laughs> we don't need to find a person to get a thing. 
<laughs> Watch that's the entire movie. Um, <laughs> just find a person to get a thing to find a person to get a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thing that they needed was inside them the whole time. It was friendship, yes. <laughs> it wasn't a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so the last bit of news I had is that it's a little sad. Uh, the actor Aiden Kanto, who played uh, Sunspot in X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, passes away at age 42. Uh, apparently he had a battle with appendicidal cancer, um, which is sad because I really liked that take on Sunspot. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, it's just for that little bit at the beginning. Yeah. But I was yeah, like, it bookends the movie. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, it would be cool to see more of it because I don't know. He had the look like Warpath was there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it uh, was a blink Bishop blink. and blink. Yep. Really yeah, Bishop and blink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see that. And so that, that was, that was sad. Um, cancer sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And apparently it was on that show. Uh, the cleaning lady. As well uh, from Fox. I never watched it, but apparently that's where he was at. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, Chris, Mm. some CGC controversy that you wanted to talk about? Yes. CGC controversy. A big black eye of controversy for the grading company. Um, So, I was actually going to ask Andrew real quick if he can give the uninitiated a... Yeah, he's turned around to go do something. And I was like, I was going like, to ask him <laughs> For the uninitiated, what what is comic book grading and who's CGC? CGC is a company that grades comics on a scale from one to ten or zero to ten. Uh, and it's based on condition set forth by the Overstreet price guide to guiding comics or to grading comics. Um, I have here an example of a graded comic book. Um, This one is blue beetle number one from 1967 by Charlton comics. This is the first appearance of the question. Here it is. So uh, when they grade a comic, they look for certain defects. They're looking for the quality of the staples. They're looking for the shape and, uh, uh, tightness of the corners and the binding. They're also looking for how sun damaged or water or aged the paper is. Uh, and it isn't just looking for folds. It's also looking for writings and any sort of uh, amateur or professional restoration, such as uh, reinforcing the spine or color touches or that sort of thing. Is that what you were looking for? Chris? Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, because comics that are in better condition, like baseball cards and other collectibles, one that's in better condition is in higher demand and it commands a higher price, right? So this company, CGC, what they do is they take that comic book and they seal it into a what they call a slab, a big plastic slab. And the idea is, is that they've had a professional grader look at the comic, say what the grade is, and then as long as that case is not tampered with, that grade stays the same. And so what's your grade on your Blue Beetle there? It was a 5.5. 5.5. So you've got a you've got a 5 mid grade. Mid grade, which, you know, when you're when you're talking about older comics, there's not a lot of them that get up into the 8 and 9 because they were just read and they were loved. It was periodicals. They were thrown away and torn apart. That's why the they're rare and valuables because and, and a new comic off the shelf 
uh, on the shelf uh, from the distribu- distributor is an 80. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. rough to find yeah. ones in that. So people who collect those, they covet getting ones in the high nines, mm-hmm. uh, like nine. Uh, like there's some right. people who get disappointed if they're not at a nine, eight, they're like nine. Yeah. That always shocked me. Uh, we get the customers at volts that were like that, that would, uh, uh, Oh, it only came back in nine. Oh, you guys want to buy it? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. And, and kind of, kind of, uh, I actually pulled up, uh, so for the amazing Spider-Man number 300, from 1988 uh, this kind of just shows you how much the grade affects resale price so for an 80 uh these all come from uh ebay sell prices is uh 462 and then at 85 it jumps up to 630 and then a 90 is 775 and then a 92 is 882 and it goes all the way up to a 98 is 13602 dollars so that's the jump from from an eight. Yeah, from eight, yep. you're at under five hundred. At nine point eight, you're at fourteen thousand dollars. Yes, and uh, perfect book to to show as the example there. So another thing that they do, like Andrew was saying, when they look at the comic, they look for condition and problems and stuff like that. But they also look for uh, um, variants. They look for things that are different about a comic. So variant covers is an example, right? And those things that they find on the comic book, when you scan, there's a barcode that's assigned to your comic. When you scan that barcode or look up that serial number on their website, it will give you a set of notes that says this comic is missing a state. It's missing a page. It has rusty staples or it's a certain variant that came out and who worked on it, right? So what the scam entailed is that there was a guy that was taking uh, comics and it was mostly Amazing Spider-Man 300s. There were 85 of those that were affected. There were uh, the last time I looked at the list, there were 350 comic books from just this one seller. And what the guy would do is he would buy a low grade uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300 and a high and a high grade one. Right. He would uh, get the high grade one graded. He'd send it into CGC. They put it in a slab, say it's a 9.8, 9.6, whatever, really high grade, getting close to that $13,000 mark, right? And then he gets it, he would get it back. He would crack the case, which is a very difficult thing to do to show that there is to, to, without damaging it, without showing that it's been tampered with. And then he would switch out the, the comic and then send it back to CGC. But he would tell them that there, that they had missed something. And there were these variants. Uh, it's a very, it's not very well known in comics, but there was a, a span in time where Marvel was testing price differences, cover price differences in different markets. And so just in Boston or just in New York, they would put out a handful of comics that had a different cover price. Mm. And so they are incredibly rare people know about them but uh if you if you're really into it i had most people don't collect them right i I had never heard of this uh, at all and so um i I understand that there's other things then there's there's weird ones that show up right but this particular one the guy chose this because it, it is not so well known and especially from the people who are grading so what he would do is he would switch out the the high grade book with a low grade one, reseal it, send it back to CGC and said, Hey, you missed that. This is one of those really rare special, uh, 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 comics that has the different 
price on the cover. And so they would get back a sealed comic and they would just be like, well, it hasn't been tampered with. We'll just recase it for you. And uh, they don't even take really a second look at it because it hasn't been tampered with. It's still in the case. So they swap it out, send it right back to him. He now has a, uh, a an 80 comic in a slab that says it's a nine eight. So he's getting $13,000 for a $700 book. And he does this over and over and over again for 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And finally, an eagle-eyed collector noticed a, a problem with one of the books on eBay and started asking him about it, like, hey, what is this one? And he's like, oh, it's one of the ones with the missed prices on it. And he knew it wasn't. He's like, the one in that slab does not match the one that's in the description. And so he started posting pictures of it on the forums uh, for CGC. And then this guy goes dark loses all of his social media, loses all of his, uh, his eBay account that he's had for years and stuff like that, disappears. And CGC is like, oh, shit. Because mm. that is their whole business model, is the trust in the fact that they are grading these things fairly and that they're not being tampered with. So it um, it takes them a while, but they do respond to it. They have They said that they have hired a private investigator to find out everything they can about how this worked. Like what were the methods he was doing? What was their, uh, where was he getting the books? You know, how mm. is he getting past their processes? Um, they're trying to improve their processes. So this doesn't happen again. Uh, anybody who has one of those books. So if you've got a high grade Hulk 181, uh, 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 Amazing Spider-Man 300. Um, they have the whole list on their on their uh, on their site from this guy. Uh, if you've got one of those, go take a look because this is your window of opportunity to what they said be made whole. Um, that's a lot of money. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They've got to find out what do they, can they get you another book like that? I have no idea how they're going to fix this. Right. Um, in the grand scheme of things, you're looking at CGC. They do this for millions of books, right? And right now, this one, it, it's 350 books, 350 important books, um, and and a big problem. Um, I'm not on board with this is going to be the death of, of the service. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what's been happening, and that's that's been the latest. Yeah, that's... That's crazy. Um, Good news for the people, for the competitors. <laughs> right, right. BBCS and Beckett are like, yes, it's our time to shine. <laughs> and I, I just wonder, like, they obviously will Wait have. Until they, they get their scandals. Right. Yes. He's like, haha, I'm doing it to lesson, you guys, right? too. Um, like, this guy that's been doing it, I wonder what, like, like the overall repercussions are going to be for him. Yeah. Yeah, this has got to be. Uh, uh, it's got to get into the point of like the the amount of money here. It's got to turn into some sort of felony, grand right? larceny. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's and it's you're doing it over state lines, right? So the mm. trade commission's got to get fraud. involved. Wire fraud. If anybody, if he sent any of those comics overseas, that involves mm -hmm. Interpol. Don't worry, you know about what I mean? will get in there too. Yeah, there's, it's going to be. <laughs> this sounds like a great uh, premise for a comic book. <laughs> Either that or a Hulu documentary. Yeah. <laughs> this wouldn't be about Hulu. Yeah, something you watch on the plane, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, it, but they have to find him on some island, like some, like Aruba somewhere, yes. where he's been hiding out with with all his Give comics. Give excuse to film in the Caribbean. Right, yeah. right. And he was like, I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Nope, nope. For the documentary, you were in Aruba. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, uh, I, I was as I was kind of looking into it, I, I was looking at some of the some of the things that I I feel like I knew, uh, but like what they look for when they're doing the grading, like the edition type, like direct versus newsstand and certain inserts. And then like what you said, like test market price variants and stuff like that. Yeah. Figure out the printing that your uh, classics illustrated is. Yeah. That's a trick. There's a whole explanation on how to determine it in the uh, price guide. That's crazy. They have yeah, because they're not numbered or marked at what printing they are. You can tell what printing they are by how many books they're offering as a promotion on the back. Wow, that's how you can tell hmm. which printing it is. Hmm. Yeah, Andrew gave me a cool book as a present one time that is like the guide on how to grade the books, and mm-hmm. so it like it has a chapter on what a ten looks like and what a nine eight looks like and what a nine six looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. Um, we both worked in comic book stores, so uh, Andrew's been doing it for a, a long time. And so, but I, uh, uh, I didn't like pricing the books where it gets to the point where I like the difference between a nine two and a nine six is th- thousands and hundreds of dollars. That was something I left to left to others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not, Stressful. Not that I don't feel like I couldn't do it, but it, that it is like you don't want, I, I didn't want that responsibility, uh, mm-hmm. especially for telling people. And especially cause once you give someone a price, it's like telling someone the price of their home. That's it. That's the price of their, mm-hmm. that's in their head. You know what I mean? If you tell them a comic book is worth $50, that's it. Or a thousand dollars or $2,000 or whatever, uh, without understanding the caveat of you have to find someone who's willing to pay that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, that's, uh, kind of the rough spot. And that has to do with like, magic cards and baseball cards and all any collectibles, right? Like you get, especially someone who doesn't collect them a lot. They happen to have one, like an uncle gave them one or something like that. And they come in with it. Uh, uh, that's pretty rough. And that's where like all this grading started, right? Like you would take mm-hmm. it to your local comic book store. Some dude behind the counter would give you the, a grade on it. And then you went forth in, into the world with your near mint plus whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then you take it to another shop and they're like, yeah, it's a very fine. What are you talking about? Right. Um, I hated that description of the grades. The numeric grades seem clearer to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing you wanted to talk about, uh, Chris, was spawnuary. Yes. Sorry, this is the Chris show right now. No, do uh, it. Do yeah, it. I will pull, <laughs> pull away on this one. I want your opinions on this one. So this one, I'm actually gonna, I'm just gonna tell you what's what's going on and then i don't want to like uh cloud your opinion on this i want to i want to get your your opinions um so uh todd mcfarlane the creator of spawn co-founder of the image comic books uh had the great runs on spider-man huge rock star popularity comic book creator in the 1990s um last century artist Mm -hmm. Um, he, uh, uh, this year at the beginning of, uh, January, he is running a contest. So you, for the next four weeks, um, well, uh, three weeks because, uh, of where we're recording, right. Mm -hmm. You, uh, anyone can draw a cover for a spawn comic. And there's a theme for each week. First week is spawn. Second week is the gunslinger. So it's like the old West, um, uh, uh, a spawn that wears like a top hat mm-hmm. and uh uh then it has another couple of the, uh, other characters and anyone 
you can you can submit one. You do it by following their Instagram page, uh, Instagram account, and then tagging it spawn spawnuary. And Ooh. then what they're going to do is they are going to pick some of those covers and they are going to print them as covers on spawn. And so now every uh, <clears throat> Facebook group that talks about comic anatomy or comic covers or something like that, I have just been seeing hundreds of people that are making spawn covers uh mm-hmm. for for this contest so you're saying we need to do man of miracles and angela right <laughs> yeah i have some ideas for what what i i was thinking but i want to like i want to hear i want i kind of want to poke the bear a little bit right <laughs> but what do you guys um, what do you guys think so i've been looking at some of the just on it's still Twitter to me. It's listen. It still says Twitter.com on there. Right. So they're gonna Twitter, Twitter, they're going to call it Twitter again after they, after that guy gets tired of playing, and they hire Jack Dorsey back. Right. Um, but just scrolling through the hashtag for, there are some excellent, excellent covers out here. You're saying that Chris and I can't hang with no, you No, definitely can. <laughs> because I'm saying we can. No, you definitely can. There's, there's, there's just like, Spawn's not a character that lives front and center in my <laughs> comic book. Per- like I know it exists, obviously, but I've, I'm just not. Ver- it's not one of my not not one of my things. But just seeing some of this art, I'm just like, wow, wow. This is going to be hard to choose. <laughs> oh yeah, there's some people in there. Like I saw uh, Ryan Kincaid, who is an amazing artist, does a lot of variant covers. Uh, um, uh, with like Mike DeBalfo and and uh, does a lot of them for the Zenoscope, Zenoscope comics. Mm-hmm. Um, he's entered uh, a few of them. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing people all over the world like doing these amazing things. And you can imagine, like, if you're a uh, like our good friend Alexandre who works on the on uh, Ruthless with us, uh, if he out of nowhere got picked uh, to mm-hmm. have that cover and then. Then he's that that could be a rocket ship for his mm-hmm. career, right? Right. Yeah. Um, somebody who's just a comic book fan and they and they just pick one because they're like, hey, we like the we like the cut of your jib, you know what I mean? Right. This one's a right. little bit more offbeat. Like we we want this one to showcase the artwork, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jib trim is important. Yes. <laughs> I I I did just uh I'll post it in the show notes too. I did just send you guys one from a artist called uh, Gavin Smith. Mm of of spawn and it he's got like a little fire oh, crown over his head and yeah. it's amazing I've seen, I've seen a ton of these and so this is the i'm of the mind of this side of it and the side that you guys uh seem to be like uh, like looking at right now is the celebration like the cool artwork yeah mm-hmm. neat artists seeing all mm-hmm. these people so but there's a, a other side to this one my artist teacher side of of this is I've always told my students and Andrew and I made a, made a point of telling our students when we were doing this together. And I think he tells his current students, this is that, um, art contests are speculative work sure. and you, it's not usually a great idea to participate. Now, why is it not a, a good idea to participate? So it, uh, it is, uh, artists should get paid for their work and, 
we firmly believe that there's there's it's the highest compliment you can pay an artist yes to pay an artist yes yeah give them some cash for 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 the work that they did right and so what happens with this spec work is that you are doing free work and this is working exactly the way that um that i'm 100 sure like the marketing people at at uh, at McFarland's company figured it would. It'd be like, and 100%, I don't think there's any ill intent here. I feel like this is a matter of education, right? Where it is uh, uh, understanding that, uh, so two things. It's It pits professionals against amateurs, which is unfair sure. and not uh, uh, not great. You know what I mean? And the um, and also, I want to also preface this with, if you want to participate in it, go for it. It's you, you go ahead. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I do like to warn people to say, uh, uh, you shouldn't do work for free. You know what I mean? You shouldn't. Uh, and even that has an asterisk next to it. Sometimes there is a time to do work for free. Yeah, there is uh, one, yeah. Of the, one of the yeah, entries, one of the entries one. from uh, Art of Warlick. Um, it's a spawn cover, and on the front, it just says, fuck you, pay me. Uh, <laughs> so I they have it. a little bit more militant view of, of yeah. this side of the argument than, than I do, right? Uh, so go ahead. I, I, I still want us to do Miracle Man and Angela teaming up, holding up a sign saying, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> And it's especially, it's especially telling in the narrative of Todd McFarlane himself, right? Who is a fantastic artist and has done so much for comic the comic industry, and there so there is a young Todd McFarlane who was an artist who was didn't feel like he was getting paid what he was worth to the point where he quit and mm-hmm. took a bunch of people with him to go start another company. He felt like this, this was so egregious that he left the, he left Marvel started a new company with a whole bunch of other like-minded artists who felt like they were being exploited, looking at how much Spider-Man and all those books were making at the time. And then looking at their paychecks and being like, Hey, why aren't we getting a, why aren't we getting a cut of this? And then decided to go make their own things in. And the, one of the big reasons they were such rock stars is because we, as fans looked at that and, found that a compelling argument. We were like, yes, you should be making more of this. And we supported them through that, right? Mm-hmm. And now- they immediately stole 25% of the market share. Yes. Yeah. Like well, huge- just cheesy ripoffs of their Marvel book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Huge panic at Marvel over this, right? And uh, so now we're to older Todd McFarlane, who is very rich, <laughs> right? And Full now- Yes. <laughs> and who was who was broke for a while and now is very rich again. Um, but now he's on the he, he's a little bit on the other side of this issue with this thing. And like I said, I don't feel like it's a, it's a malicious thing. I feel like it where they were like, wouldn't it be fun if we did this? You know what I mean? And maybe it's a it's a like, you, do you realize the optics of this seems like you've gone far from center? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that's the, like I said, I'm trying to be very, uh, and not, um, uh, not blaming anybody for anything on this. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like I've enjoyed seeing a lot of the artwork that's coming from here. Best of luck to the people who have entered. How, how cool would that be to be able to just add spawn cover onto your resume right. just out of nowhere, right. you know? Yeah. And so I can get the allure, but that's what these do. That's how yeah. exploitation Even happens is when yeah. you are something is dangled in front of you that you're probably not going to get, 
You know what I mean? And uh, what it, what is uh, Image and McFarland get out of this? Millions of dollars in advertising, mm-hmm. free advertising. And so as long as you know that's what you're doing, is you are doing free advertising for Spawn and, and for Todd McFarland, you're a consenting participant, and that's fine, right? Right. And so that's that's where I feel like is on that is on this. And see, I feel like a bunch of the fans and every and a bunch of the artists went to it with the where you guys were at the beginning of this, where you're like, oh, this look at all this cool artwork. Neat. Mm-hmm. And, and spawn. How much fun mm-hmm. it is. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then I come in negative Nancy, <laughs> you know, Debbie Downer here. You know, why is it always a, a, a I, I need to a, a, make a guy name that has like a. a because I kept saying girl Daniel name. Daniel Downer. Yes, Daryl Downer. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see what along. you're going for. Okay. And and come along and be like, hey, everybody, guess what? You know what I mean? But <laughs> if I looked at this contest and it was Microsoft, I would be like, everybody would be with me. Like, fuck Microsoft. <laughs> you know I mean? for I'm not making an ad for Microsoft. They could pay right, for it. Right. And so, but I, I get like the, the idea here that it is a little bit more, you know, fun with the community artwork mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We also, we had a friend, have a friend, his uh, child heard about this contest and was like, I'm going to enter this. How cool would that be? And they put their heart into, uh, into a, a, a piece of art. They have mm-hmm. it up on Instagram. And then they went and looked at it and they were like, oh, professionals can enter. And they were just heartbroken. Oh. Right. Where they were like, oh, well, this isn't going. There should be two different levels. Right, right, right. So the thing is, I feel like you could do that too. Maybe easily. Or or maybe with uh, like, you know, specifically for the, the younger younger artists. Yeah, new age groups. Yeah, or or like, you know, inside the back cover is is their cover or something like that. You know what I mean? Just they can, if they really want to, they can work it in there. That's yeah, that's for sure. And that's um, why I feel like a lot of this is like uh, just a little thoughtless, you know what I mean? Mm. It's just, it, they didn't mm. have someone in the room that could tell the, uh, you know, someone in power there to be like, "Hey, let's just take this into consideration." Not say right. not do it, right. but let's right. let's say let's take some of these things into consideration. Maybe we can do it. But now you've got the one side of it where you've got these people, the "fuck you, pay me" side, and then you've got the other people on the other side where they're like, ah, "Don't tell me what not to do." You know right. what I mean? So right. it's like, you know, because you go to the internet for nuanced. You know, right. uh, <laughs> intellectual conversation. Intellectual conversation. Yeah, when yeah, you come yeah. to an understanding of, uh-huh. of each other's side, right? Uh huh. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. You live in a magical world. <laughs> um, That's my favorite fantasy movie. <laughs> it's the reasonable internet. But before we get to that, I did want to ask if you guys um, had any comics that you wanted to talk about before we do uh, fantasy stuff. I know Andrew does. Is that my introduction? Yes, that is. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My review today is on Charlie Christensen's Arn Anka. These all these wars talk about ourselves, and so this is a Swedish duck comic. <laughs> yeah, um, sounds sounds par yeah. for the course. <laughs> it's a political cartoon. Uh-huh. It's been running since 1989. This is the first English translation, and it's the uh, translation of his work. That was, he has a lot of very strong opinions about American politics. Mm. Uh, and he's very, very concerned about what's going on over here for good reason. <laughs> uh, and so this was, these were comics uh, that he made leading up to uh, 2020. Okay. 
And so it has uh, a number of his commentary on the Trump presidency. And also it has uh, some interesting older strips that have the Anka character, Arn Anka character traveling through time or just existing in a different period mm-hmm. of time. And he ends up in Paris in 1926 and has a lot of very strong opinions about the American expatriates living in Paris at the mm-hmm. time, like Hemingway and uh, uh, what's his name? Dolly and, or uh, Gertrude Stein, all the writers that were living right. in Paris and has a, has a lot of uh, big opinions about that, that I thought was interesting because uh, I don't see a lot of opinions shared about that particular uh, corner of history mm. very much, uh, other than uh, Gertrude Stein collaborating with Nazis and things like that. <laughs> when it fell to... Anyway, but uh, the art is excellent. Uh, there's a number of fun reoccurring characters, and he this feels certainly like a more socially conscious Howard the Duck where mm-hmm. it's the audience, it's the author's mouthpiece duck, and he's got a lot of big opinions. It's less misanthropic and more kind of Northern European nihilist. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty good. I wholeheartedly recommend it. It's for sale uh, on the author's website, almost exclusively, oh, cool. but so you can get it from Sweden. And then he, uh, he signed it for me too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's badass. Uh, you guys have anything? Uh, yeah, quick one. Mm-hmm. Since it was, we just got back from the holidays. Um, I was rereading uh, "The Last Christmas" by Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys, <laughs> and it, man, what a what a great comic! <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't read it, storyline is that it is a uh, zombie-infested post-apocalyptic world. Um, zombies have made it all the way up to the North Pole and attacked uh, Santa's workshop. And in the fighting, uh, uh, Mrs. Claus uh, dies. And so uh, <laughs> Santa gives up on Christmas. He's like, the whole world is evil. It's filled with naughty people. I'm not doing Christmas. And so he can't die. He's immortal as long as someone still believes in him. And so it he stops doing Christmas until the entire world has stopped believing in Santa Claus, except for one little boy who still believes in Santa Claus. So Santa Claus goes on a mission to murder this kid so that he can die. He's like, I'm fucking sick of this kid. You just you just drew a target on your back. And and he goes to he goes to kill the kid. Uh, And it is five issues of. And, and it was their audition for their run on the Deadpool comic that they did. That was absolutely amazing. So you want to see this. It's basically Santa. Uh, like I said, it's pre prequel to this showing how they knew how to make a really great comic. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I still have a stack of comics that I need to get through. So I don't have anything this week. Did you have anything, Ryan? I've been, I've been, I've been focused on, uh, going through the, the collected works of the Leity Studios, and I am almost done. And <laughs> and I am excited to talk about it when we decide to talk about it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Thank you, and I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, have, I, have, I finished Salt City Strangers, and I liked it a lot. 
And I've got You've read it more recently than I have. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got one more of the gull. Read number two Ooh. last night, and then we read number three probably tonight. We uh we didn't tell them what we're gonna do when we go see Aquaman two. Oh, what's that? We're going to bring a uh a, oh, a, 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 a plastic six pack <laughs> ring and put some googly yeah. eyes on it. Oh, yeah, so yeah. we can take Aquaman's number one villain to watch the last Aquaman movie they're ever going to make. Rad. Yeah. Say, say, <laughs> some photos there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chris, yeah. you need to find that picture that Tyler Davis did oh, yeah. of six pack Jack and post that into the uh, nerd dome discord. Yeah. <laughs> the, yes. The yes. Is, is like an animated version. Uh, one of our nice. friends did a like uh, live one. Hyper realistic. Yeah. Really? <laughs> it is terrifying. <laughs> You're like I still wake up. I have nightmares. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So. I wanted to kind of end the show with uh, talking about some of our favorite fantasy movies of all time. Uh, we kind of talked a little about it, a little bit about it before we started recording, but yeah, just guys, what what do you what are some of your favorites? What what are some that that just bring you joy when you think of these fantasy movies? Lord of the Rings, yeah. certainly. Yeah, uh, That's probably my favorite yeah, too. Uh, yeah, I have a fond memory tied to that one. Uh, I was uh, many, many moons ago, <laughs> a thousand years ago. It was uh, I was uh, in the Philippines, and we weren't allowed to watch movies, uh, but I uh, we were allowed to watch that one when it came out on video, and so I watched it, and it's the first time I'd seen it, and the first time that Balrog hops out, <laughs> smoke and flame, shadow and flame, and it was just like breathtaking the mm. fight at the beginning it was i hadn't seen a movie in over a year <laughs> and the first one i start with is fellowship of the ring it's, yeah yeah it's burned into my brain i drew all the swords yeah. and characters and everything like that yeah oh yeah 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 uh loved it i remember it was- i had a i had a friend um when it's like can't remember what year of high school but it was a physics class and it, we had one of those teachers that would just uh, like he would get the point of the lesson way too early in the class. And then he was just trying to fill the rest of the time, which, listen, as an that's, adult that's you're working on homework, dude, yeah, I, I get it that. sounds like that teacher needs to just say that. Yeah, well, I think he was clo- closing in on 70. So he he didn't care that he was just like, I'm just doing this for the paycheck at this point. Um but uh, he, so we were, you know, taking notes, but we ended up, um, my my lab partner and I, we, we did a little like, it was like comic panels, but they were stick figures of the last fight uh, from Fellowship of the Ring where Boromir catches all the arrows. And like, we had it like panel for panel, shot for shot. Like it took us like two weeks, I think. To finish oh, it wow. out, we had it on a we had it in a binder. I wish I still had it somewhere because I remember I did find it like a year or two out of high school, and I was I I was like, let's see how good we did. And this was from memory in physics class, and it was it was pretty damn close. It was pretty damn close of a shot for shot from 
the the end fight in Fellowship of the Ring. But sorry, I hijacked that. Continue. Uh, uh, I've got a deep cut fantasy movie mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed as a kid and as an adult. Lady Hawk. Yep. Agree. Yep. Yeah. We talked about yeah, Lady Hawk. That's that's a great one. And uh, I had brought up uh, Hawk the Slayer with uh, Jack Palance. And Palance. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, he's got like a weird like half helmet on <laughs> the whole time and he's just himself. There's nothing <laughs> there's nothing fantasy about it. I mean it is, but uh he's he's the same character in every movie because that's just who he is. Um but yeah, yeah, it's it's my number one. Yep, God. yep, pretty much, pretty much. It's from 1980, 80, 81, something like that. I think the one yep. thing that holds Lady Hawk back from being like a, a it keeps it in the C tier of like fantasy movies and like not in a in a lot of place for everybody. It's, it stays in a niche market. Is its soundtrack. <laughs> like if it if it would have had a better soundtrack that that movie would have would be a not a cult classic it would just be on everybody's list of favorite fantasy movies. I mean that was Donner, right? That made that Richard Donner? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, Superman, Superman Donner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was like I, I remember Michelle Pfeiffer. Um Roger <laughs> <laughs> Howard too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's one I need to rewatch. I haven't watched that. That that Lady Hawk is in a in a set of three for me, and they'll always be linked together because of uh, one of the friends that I had. Uh, the three L's: the Lady Hawk, Labyrinth, and Legend. Yeah, <laughs> Legend's pretty good. Legend, I love yeah. all Ridley of those. Scott movies. knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legend is one of my boyfriend's favorite movies of all time. It is one of our bed bedtime movies because he has to have mm. the TV on when he goes to sleep. Mm. And I think we even watched Tim Curry. The, yeah, <laughs> I think we even watched it the other night. The soothing sound of Tim Curry as the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I'm just saying, like the the like the makeup and effects in that. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like a movie that came out 40 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that one. Legend is is up there for me. I remember when I was first um when I got Amazon Prime and I was like buying movies and you could see your collection. Mm-hmm. It was pointed out to me like, wow, you have a lot of Tom Cruise movies in your first force. And I was like, Yeah, I like Top Gun. I mean, yeah, and Legend. It's Legend, right? And I like The Last Samurai too. I thought that was a fun <laughs> movie. I was like, I was like, so three out of the four first ones I got were Tom Cruise. So he is Mind a your movie business. star for a reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, he doesn't. He's not like who the hell is this asshole? You right. know what I mean? Listen, Cruise. he might be crazy, but he's very good at his craft. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Minority Report. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? My favorite movie from him is that I, I always forget what the what the name the actual name of it is because I remember hearing the. Uh, it's not a fantasy movie, but that run repeat, live fight, die repeat. repeat. Oh, live die, die repeat. repeat. Yep, that's the one that's based on the movie. manga. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great. wonderful, great movie, and a, and a exemplar uh, example of use of time travel mm-hmm. in a story. And I, I remember when I watched that, I was like, Emily Blunt needs to be in more action movies because she is yeah, excellent. She's, really <laughs> she's excellent. Um, 
Anybody have Conan the Barbarian? Of course, on their list? That, is, that is that is the top of my list. I love Conan. I it, with sorry, I came in late. I didn't get the show notes. Oh, no, 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 no. We we uh, uh, we were just chatting before before we were just kind of throwing out throwing out movies. But yeah, Conan Conan is is number one on my list. And we were talking about both Barbarian mm-hmm. and the Destroyer with uh, Wilt Chamberlain for some reason. I'm, I'm on Team Destroyer. I think that's the be- the superior of the Conans. <laughs> I enjoy move. I I enjoy watching that one more, and it's because it was, it's in that uh, period of Howard the Duck type movie where it was on HBO all the time. So I have I've watched it maybe a hundred times, and so and it is the closest thing you had to a D and D movie at the time because you had your barbarian, you had your uh, your wizard, you, you had your the thief, party, you had yeah. your rogue. Right. And they met each other organically. I mean, it's like the you could hear all the dice rolling. There were the traps. There was the betrayal. <laughs> there was the bad at the end. It, it was uh, that movie did more. F- and the soundtrack, the soundtrack yeah. on that one, that dun, 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 that. Oh, theme. now I get to look and see if it's the same guy who did the, the first one. Conan, uh, the Conan, the barbarian is good because of the limitations that were put on it. Uh, because uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't speak English. Yeah, so mm-hmm. They took the whole mm-hmm. script and they said, have him say as little as fucking possible. And that little tiny uh, limitation bred so yep. much creativity yeah. in that movie. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Basil Paldronis. He's, uh, he also did the music for Starship Troopers. Oh, uh, okay. The guy, guy does... I remember when I kind of got into it like later and was like, cause I love uh, movies, uh, scores and soundtracks and stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember going back and just diving into his, um, cause I know he did. I know he did the barbarian. I wasn't sure about the destroyer, but uh, I remember going back through a lot of his stuff and I was just like, man, just banger after banger after banger with this guy. Doing God's work, um, man. So do you want me just to, throw out yeah, yeah go ahead so like co-writers on conan the destroyer uh co-writers were uh credited co-writers are roy thomas and jerry conway <laughs> that's awesome yeah because they were putting out the comic at the time yeah awesome yeah, yeah i mean you, you also gotta throw red sonia while we're mm-hmm. talking while we're there while we're there might as well yeah, yeah. um willow yes willow. or Dragonheart. Yes. I love Dragonheart. Yes. Dragonheart was, it, I've rewatched that more than I realized. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that movie more than I realized. It has a good mythology to it, has a solid cast. Mm-hmm. You know, young David Thewlis is the villain. Mm. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last time I saw him, it was like the Sandman TV show. He was Dr. Yeah. Destiny. Yeah. 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 yeah no, that one's, that one's a great one, too. Uh, Ryan, what what are you? You have your holy trinity. Do you have more outside of that? I do. One of my um, one of my little kid favorites was always Krull. Mm. I loved nice. that movie. That blade is the cool, the boomerang, spinny black <laughs> blade. Yeah, <laughs> it's the coolest thing that for my little kid brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the Star Trek fans, the prince there in the from Krull. Uh, Michael Eddington mm-hmm. from Deep Space Nine. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as I just pulled up the the cast list, Liam Neeson. 
Yeah, kind of. For a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's... Yeah. Well, uh, another Liam Neeson short yep. role, yep. Excalibur. Yep. I knew it was coming. I just saw it. I knew, yeah. Well, I knew it was coming because I remember that yeah. because Patrick Stewart. Yeah, he plays Guinevere's father. Yep. <laughs> and, and... Yeah, that, speaking of soundtracks... Oh, Fortuna, when they're riding through the uh-huh. cherry blossoms. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel Burns in that. Helen Mirren. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that. That's a good one. That's, yeah, that one. It's, it's, it's a shame it's paced like the, like it's set in real time, though. Right. Yeah, just the, very slow. And, and people talk about J.J. Abrams with, uh, like, lens flare and stuff like that. Watch Excalibur anytime they have armor <laughs> on. You're like, oh, oh. Oh god! Well, Mordred's <laughs> armor too. Yeah. It's like intentionally lens flary. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe that was Abrams' favorite movie growing up. We don't know. We don't know. Right. But yeah, Willow was a uh, yeah. Willow was on 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 mine too. Which did you watch the show? I tried, and yeah. it uh, was royal terrible. Like it starts out, and Willow is like still a laughing stock. And I was like, no, we moved past this mm-hmm. at the end of the last movie. Mm-hmm. We don't need him to figure out how to be cool again. Yeah. So like he was already a totally wizard mm-hmm. by the end. He doesn't need to rediscover that. And so right. I just stopped watching. <laughs> I was I uh, and again I understand the reasons why, but I was like, oh Val Kilmer, oh I want more Val Kilmer. But again. I understand. I understand why Val Kilmer was Yeah, I'm also uh, bummed Billy Barty wasn't in it, but that's more. It's an, if, he, if he didn't want to do it, that'd be fine. You make uh, you make it so that the whole storyline is that Mad Mardigan became king and was a good king, and he's dying. And so he calls for his friend Willow, come to my bedside one more time. So yeah. that because you're the hero of the land, I have a secret to tell you. There's an evil lurking that you have that you saved the world. I call on you again. You need to do it again. And then he's like, fuck, what am I going to do? The last time I did this, I did it with a party trick. And then he has to go out into the world to find the new adventures to actually save the world because he can't do it because he's he's yeah. a Nelwyn farmer. Yes. Was, yeah. Uh, they they you do it that. better in three minutes. They did that in Top Gun 2. <laughs> That's what happens with Val Kilmer in yeah. Top Gun 2. <laughs> yeah, so it's easy. Do it again. You got oh, Disney money, or Disney Lucasfilm money, drive it up to his house. Tell, you know what I mean? Here you go. Mm-hmm. Now just make a dumb movie film in Canada. <laughs> and, and then they uh, buried it. It's gone now. You can't even watch it. Mm. They took it off of Disney Plus. They were so ashamed of it. <laughs> That's the first of that show. Did though, they really? Yes, and I don't. I don't understand why you would do that. You're starved for content. Just leave it. Maybe it'll find an audience. Yeah. you know what I cult mean. Cult classic, yeah. a yeah. new cult classic. Um. Oh, sorry, Ryan. Did you have? Yeah. Did you have? More? Yeah. Go. 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 Do it. Um. Another uh, younger Ryan. My mom really liked this movie series, and it's. You don't really think about it as fantasy movies, but I'm pretty sure it qualifies. But the old Sinbad movies. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Those are fantasy movies. Yeah. The one, like the Ray Harry. Yeah, yeah like the, the, the claymation. Yeah. The, yeah. The, I yeah. showed my kids all those during the pandemic. Yeah. What did they oh, think? Oh, yeah. All, they love the, the stop motion. Yeah. 
they they'll show up for that <laughs> and i don't blame them yeah. that's why i showed up i've even got like an action figure of the skeletons from jason and the argonauts over oh, there nice. the uh, that, like yeah. that's one that i was gonna bring up the old jason <laughs> and the argonauts I used to watch that with my mom when i was a kid mm-hmm. um clash of the titans that same kind of vein i like that one a lot too um, I I did love in the the newer one with uh, Sam, uh, but they had the owl. <laughs> sure, they yeah. had the owl in the uh, in the what what is no. this thing? Did they though? You know, they just yeah. held it up yeah. and they're like, "Hey, you remember this thing you love? Fuck you!" And then they throw it away. Uh, yeah, not really the tone you want to strike no. with a nostalgia movie. No. Um. <laughs> yeah. Good. The one of the new newer ones that I really really like it quickly became one of my favorite movies is Onward the Disney movie I love that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which one was it? It's with the st- trolls, right? Or they're elves, but elves. Um, yeah, the, the 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 two brothers um, and the dad has has died, and they oh, is it, isn't it just pants? For yeah, a while they have the magic spell okay, to bring him back, but they mess okay. they, it gets messed up in the middle, and they only bring back half of him, mm-hmm. just the bottom half. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Chris, go ahead. Yes. So I'm going to go with some that maybe don't count in the list here (laughs) because you guys hit the, you hit the beach boys, right? Like you've, you've done Kokomo and, and uh, good vibrations (laughs) and stuff like that. So we're going to go off the, off the beaten path here a little bit with something. And I'm going to mention this movie that I love so very much. uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yes, that's a fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. I think that counts as a fantasy yeah, movie. Yeah, I agree. Never, uh, I love the idea of the uh, unreliable narrator, right? Like he's just making this shit up, you know what I mean, to enter- entertain people. Uh, the I-, I feel like it's a better, I like it better than Time Bandits. I like, I like. Time it's Bandits. a better movie than Time Bandits. I think Bandits. it's a better movie than Time Bandits. It has, I mean, it's very similar elements, right? But I think it's just better executed. I th- like the fact that you have these better cast to better cast. Uh, I like the fact that they're, I'm a sucker for a story about a superhero who has, uh, passed his prime and is going back for one last hurrah. And they're, uh, like how, uh, Eric Idle's powers don't quite work. Um, have to go back and find out like that the that their strong man like is like ah, I don't like being tough I like being dainty now you know what I mean very uh um yeah great movie well shot cool cool fantasy movie um yeah, Terry Gilliam's really good at creating surreal movies yeah and that's no uh uh no exception I've been trying to get my friends to watch. Uh, my younger friends to watch the uh, Bear- Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Hopefully soon, with your rousing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a, a Solomon Kane movie that came out in two thousand nine. Yep, I do remember that one. I really liked. Uh, yeah, it's what is it you liked about Solomon Kane? What is it about a Puritan superhero you like? Right. Oh, cuz th- this version of it was gory and and uh uh felt like a felt like a um uh yeah, felt like it, it, it was I like this movie. Like I said, we did the hits, man. I'm trying to find the ones here that were a little bit that are still count justify yourself. Even a little bit more in and a little bit uh 
more modern, right? Because mm-hmm. they're still fantasy movies. All right, so we don't have a consensus on Solomon Kane. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move then to one that I I still feel like this one I feel like is going to be the one that's most out there to not fit the fit the genre, but the uh, the um, the box trolls. Oh, oh sure, I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the Lakia, uh-huh. uh, Leica. How do you say this? Leica Studio, or Le- Leica or Leica or something. Yeah. I've always said Leica. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, orphaned at infancy. Eggs uh, is raised by box trolls, underground dwellers who scavenge the streets of Cheesebridge by night. Um, it is such a cute movie. I fell in love with it the first time that we saw it. And I literally, after it was over, I was like, this is like in my top five movies, mm-hmm. like first watch, mm-hmm. uh, uh, stop motion animation. There's just a warmth to it. Right. Of, and they they, they, uh, they strike the right balance of technology, using computers and, and stuff and the, and the stop motion, you can see the care and the, and the, and the storyline, how much you care mm-hmm. about the, the characters in, in the, in the storyline. So I remember yeah. that, um, came out, I think when my daughter was about two and I remember thinking, Oh, my daughter speaks box troll. That's the language <laughs> she is speaking currently. Um, so yeah, I have a I have fond memories of that. I did, and it was one of the first movies I got to go like we finally got to go out to go see a movie because she was old enough that we could leave for a couple hours with somebody. So yeah, I I like it. Nice. I've got another one. Mm-hmm. Army of Darkness. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Count. <laughs> count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Classic. So, uh, so I had a, I had a couple. Um, that we hadn't talked about. Uh, one is uh, Dragon Slayer from 1981, mm-hmm. um, mostly because there is little little baby Ian McDermott is in it, and he plays like a culty. I think it's brother brother Jacobus or something like that. Um, he's one of like the cult people that are giving the dragon uh, the the girls at the uh, about halfway through. Um, yeah, and it's it's very in vain of uh, Emperor Palpatine. Um, I feel remiss if we don't mention Highlander because it's. Uh, it, it, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to remember when. Not not. I'm not even going to step into that because I'm not sure. But love that movie. That one's great. Um, Masters of the talk, Universe. I will talk for hours about Highlander. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I love that movie. I I have uh, another maybe counts choice. Mm-hmm. Throne of Blood by Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Since it's Macbeth, right? right there's right, witches. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. That's not too much of a stretch. Um, yeah. Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Dolph it's one Lundgren. of my very the favorite Dolph Lundgren one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I showed that to my kids over the pandemic and it held up better than I expected it to. Like, like the story is sound, mm-hmm. the, like everything makes sense. And then it's just cheesy special effects mm-hmm. and bad looking Skeletor, but the Frank Langella Skeletor. Yes. That oh. unfortunately did not rescue it. For uh, me. Uh, I remember even as a little kid seeing mm-hmm. it and thinking, Oh man, they messed up Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
How about The Last Unicorn? Oh, Love no, my boyfriend's favorite. It's a the beautiful like you watch that. I remember watching it with my daughter a couple of months ago, and it was. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously older animation, but she was like, "That's pretty." And this is just after we went and saw um, the newest um, Studio Boy Ghibli movie. Yeah, and she was like, "I really like both of those," and I was like, <laughs> "Good taste, child." Um, got another one. I had two more. Uh, the Beastmaster. Oh, Mark Harmon, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or Mark Singer. Mark Singer. Mark Singer. Mark Singer. Singer. I, I mostly remember Rip Torn because also Rip Torn has the greatest name ever. And the dad um, from uh, from Good Times. Jo- oh, John Amos. Yeah. He right? left the TV show to make this movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be a star. Yep. Yep. That, I, yeah, He's good I in love... the movie. He's uh-huh. great. And then the last one, uh, the never ending story. Uh, <laughs> and then you had to how many could you ever figure out what he named the princess it, 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 it was it was his mom's, yeah, mom's name did. in the book yes yeah but, and then it was some like hippie name or yes, something like flower like, or something it's flower it's yeah Moonchild is yeah yeah moon is child, what it is right. but i remember i could not there's no closed captioning on the old old TVs and old movies and watch that movie over and over again. And Bastion comes out and he goes, hell did you name her? Yeah, I do. I do remember like, I haven't shown my daughter that one yet. I do need to, but I also, every time I'm thinking about it, I think of that meme that I saw that was the eighties kids trauma starter pack. And so it's yep. the, you know, pulling the horse through the muck. Artax? Um, Artax. Yeah. Um, dr- yeah. uh, the, the shoe from Who Framed Roger Rabbit going into the acid. Um, Elliot from E.T. when he's in the, <laughs> when, he's <laughs> the in, when they're pulling him away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Optimus Prime dying. Um, uh, Littlefoot's mom from. Oh, yeah. That. Uh, I still, still to this day, if I watch that movie, I get teary eyed. The entirety yeah. of Return to Oz, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm like, I'm kind of hesitant to start. Like, hey, let's watch Neverending Story because this Secret of Nim is oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. The rats, the rats in that. Oh, I love dude. Nicodemus did the, the, the. It was the yeah, owl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, I, and she's already mad at me when I, I was playing um, Ghost of Tsushima and the, the the horse is like your best friend in that game and a character and spoiler warning for a game. I guess it's 2018. I guess it's good enough to spoil now. Um, uh, the horse dies saving you. And that's what she walked in on. Because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was Artax. Well, no, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just sitting there playing the game, and I was like, "Oh, this game's." And I forgot that I had already played it through. I forgot that part was coming up, and she happened to walk by. I was like, "I was like, hey, come, come, you know, hang out with me, watch this game." And so I brought her in the room <laughs> to watch the horse die, and I was like, "Oh shit." 
I did not dad that one very that's well. Top tier parenting. Uh, there, I did not dad that very well. So that's why I'm like, never ending story. I don't know. Maybe mom can let you watch you never ending story. Did you hear the talk? How did you <laughs> just, tra- just get all the trauma out of the just way? Get it done. Just get it to like, she's like January 15th. <laughs> just put it all in one day. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I, the, the stuff that your kid's going through watching uh demon slayer, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like we, mm-hmm. we're looking at this stuff. Like she's going to watch this and be like this, right? Whatever, you know what I mean? She's like, this whole right. family died from vampires. You know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> I showed my kids part of the first season of the X-Files and they laughed at yeah. me. I was like, this is to scare the shit out of me. And you're like, like Bush leaves. You're like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, have you seen Junji Ito? Nothing. Right, right. They're like, they're like, you just respond with wait till they get to the creepy incest house. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I was like, oh, X-Files. This is, uh, I don't like this. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it takes place in Utah. If I remember correctly, mm, I think it was the South. Was it? It? I, uh, mm, I, that was one. I had an X Files panel at a, a Fan X few years back, and we got to that episode, and I was like, "Do we?" The do episode's we, name is Home. Do we have to? Do we have to talk about this? Do Do we have? Okay, we're gonna have to talk about this. Um, but yeah, that's. Oh, and you know what? I do want to throw out. I really did enjoy the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. With, yeah, uh, that was fun. That was I want them to do more, and I was like, "Cool, you don't even need to bring back that cast. Just do another yeah, different movie. adventure, different party. adventure. Yeah. Do it in Neverwinter. Cool, mm-hmm. go. Like, just you know, I I loved it. Like, especially I like that the cartoon guys were in there yeah, as a cameo. Exactly, exactly. That would, but that was it great. also means they didn't get home because they were all adults. Hmm. I think that was like the about that. ending for the show. <laughs> I, for real well the show they don't make it home either. yeah i think that they yeah. i think that they never made one i think that was the whole plan the the time was was they were like yeah 80s had a different vibe to a lot of uh to a lot of that sort of stuff there was still it was the end of consequences with the gi joe <laughs> guys parachuting out of every destroyed <laughs> ship you know yeah so but, uh, so yeah so uh, in that you were talking about them being being stuck in there that just made me think of the 1982 Made for TV movie Mazes and Monsters, starring America's Tom Hanks. I had that on VHS, <laughs> and it was like a oh gosh, wasn't it like a church that had like put up the money to make the movie? Mm-hmm. And the best thing in that movie was the the other guy who was like interacting with Tom Hanks, like the 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 Maze Master. Yep. Yep. Every scene he had a different hat on. Like mm-hmm. that was a thing they a decision they made in that movie. Mm-hmm. There's one movie where he has a hard hat, and it's not like a subtle thing where it's like, oh, he's got a different baseball cap. No, there's a scene where he has like a a, a hard hat. One where he's got like a chef's cap, and they don't. It just goes it. through all the uh, village people hats. Yeah, yeah. they don't okay. address it ever during the show either. We've got this box of hats. We need it. We got it in the budget. We need to. We need to work it in there somehow. Um, that one I remember when. I first found out about that and I was like, wait, what? All right, we're watching this thing. Um, and you know, it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom He's Hanks. He's great in it. Actually. Yeah, it's it's Tom funny. Hanks. Uh, but, uh, all right. That's all I had for the episode today. Uh, oh, hang on before yes. we leave. Uh, cause everybody is here and that's listening. I don't think, I don't think this show got, got mentioned. Uh, and I hate it. 
and I want it on the bottom of everybody's list. I'm so and surprised. Going to take out the vibes here. Gonna take out <laughs> anybody who's listening and stuff like that who loves this movie. Uh, the Dark Crystal movie fucking sucks. Mm. I, <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely hate the fleshy Muppets. They're creepy. <laughs> they don't look right, and. There, the story doesn't make any sense, and everybody who made the movie admits, yeah, this doesn't make any fucking sense. They <laughs> tried to make those comic books where they're like, here's the extra parts that make it make sense. It doesn't matter. Like, the Zexies are kind of cool, and that's it. That's the only redeeming quality of that whole fucking yeah. <laughs> And, so. that's not, and that's not enough. And the funny thing is about that is that some of those, like the they're called the Zexies, right? Mm. The, the 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 yeah, the Lord Chamberlain. The yeah, yeah I love that. There's guy one of them that has a pair of glasses. That means there's one of those fuckers that's an optometrist and has like a thing <laughs> to figure out like if they're nearsighted or whatever. Uh, yeah, one or two. <laughs> one. Or uh, also, 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 I don't know. You said Dark Crystal and Labyrinth popped in my head too. Labyrinth is fine. Labyrinth is Labyrinth the, is at least it's it's so, it's kind of so bad that it's good. The amount it of goes around the, it goes around the thing. David Bowie <laughs> is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's great. The music is wonderful and stuff like that. His pouch. Sitting out in this children's movie. I was going to say, drinking game. It was an awakening for me. (laughs) I believe it. Drinking (laughs) game, take a shot every time David Bowie's package is directly (laughs) framed up in the middle because it's a lot. And maybe that was the purpose of the show was like this awakening for people. And that's of all all kinds. Too. Like this is not a, uh, a, a any gender, any sort of sexuality thing. There were just things people found out about themselves watching that movie. And one more, I want to go ahead. Like that one that puts all the toys on its back, or whatever. <laughs> what? And one more thing I want to throw out. It was my favorite show to watch as a kid growing up, and it's uh, you know along the lines of Sesame Street, but Eureka's Castle. When I was a kid, was I. Loved that, and I remember. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was Pizza Hut or someone had mm-hmm. Eureka's yeah. Castle toys mm-hmm. at one point. And yeah, I the was little, like, the little need, hand puppet things. Yeah, I was like, I need personal pan pizzas, Mom. <laughs> I can't tell you how much this means to me for you to get me personal pan pizzas so I can get the get all of the Eureka's Castle stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only time I remember going to Pizza Hut as a kid was to get the Night of the Sentinels mm-hmm. X Men yep. tape. Yep. 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 Oh man! I, so we 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 have a media closet downstairs that just got overly filled with junk. Uh, my boyfriend and I cleaned it out over the holiday, and I got rid of we got rid of almost all VHS tapes, and we still had some VHS tapes. But the night of the Sentinels, the, the the there's the two VHS tapes, and I'm like. I'm keeping these. And he's like, mm-hmm. what are they? And I was explaining what they got all excited. And I explained what they were. <laughs> I I just looked it up. You can watch all of Eureka's castle on Paramount plus. You can. Yep. All of it from night, from the, the fish. From, yep. From Magellan and the dragon. The, I love that. Show 19, 1989 <laughs> to 1995 children's <laughs> fantasy <Yeah>. TV show. <laughs> you to watch that on Nickelodeon with count Ducula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm just gonna happen. Um, but uh, oh, 
you guys, I believe, have something no, something coming up in, in on January twentieth, don't you? Yes. Yes. Chris, please. It is. You know more of the details than I it do. It is the. Uh, I have to look up the name of the actual event at at uh, on January twentieth. If you are in the area of West Valley, in the uh, where the Nerd Store is at the Valley Fair Mall, there is a free art festival. It's not strictly a Comic Con, but it is a art festival where there's going to be a whole bunch of. Local artists, uh, all types of mediums. There's going to be comic books and uh, paintings, uh, all sorts of neat art. I hope someone has some macaroni art that they're, mm-hmm. they're selling there. Uh, it is going to have the traditional uh, panel sessions we're going to be talking about. Uh, we have a couple of those. Uh, you can meet a bunch of our good friends. Um, uh, 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 Evan from the Wasatch Wonders is going to be there. Uh, Adrian Rop is is going to be there and so and we will be there with uh mm-hmm. january is what it is called the the january free admission uh it's gonna have contests movie panels face painters uh should be a grand time so mm-hmm. come by and say hi and uh and we'll awkwardly um take your compliments on our <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I, I will be moderating one of your panels with uh, Travis and uh, Doug Wagner. Awesome. So, oh, yeah. The Travis and Doug, obviously, those two yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, local awesome creators are going to be there, too. So, yeah, come say hi. It'll be fun. Um, and uh, I don't think we uh, plugged anything at the beginning for mm-hmm. you, Chris, at all. I think we just jumped into it. We just... <laughs> oh, that's true. That's okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Validi Studios, we make comics and games. And so you can find us on Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, our, our good friend Twitter X, the, we're, that we're hoping is going to get out of the identity crisis real soon. Twitterks. Uh, Twitterks. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, there's a fantasy race right there. The Twitterks. <laughs> we've got the, uh, we've got the, we're on the threads. Where nobody is apparently, or on the blue sky where there's also nobody. Uh, and on Monday nights, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, you can join us live uh, doing live drawings and commissions on whatnot. So just look up Validi Studios. If you go to the um, if you go to validistudios.com, it has a link to all the stuff from there and all the fun stuff you can buy. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can find us over on Instagram, Twitter, threads, Facebook, Nerd Dome Podcast, all those places. Uh, and yeah, Ryan. I'd like to thank oh. Natalie for recommending yes. Arn Anka to me. So uh, shout out to super fan Natalie. <laughs> awesome. yeah, shout out to, to, uh, to Natalie for hanging out in the in the whatnot streams as well. Sweet. Yeah, with Jalen. Yeah, it's fun. Sweet. Ryan? Don't forget to subscribe. You may now exit the dome. Uh, fuck responsibility. I <laughs> could see. Me. If I, I could see <laughs> the you whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. <laughs> uh, bye, everybody. <laughs>